0: How might student learning improve if assessments were innovative, authentic, and playful? Learning can and should be fun, but when it comes to assessment, teachers can be very serious. However, there's no need for the fun to stop when the assessments come out. Hi, I'm Lisa Hollenbach and I'm your host this week for Teach Talks, a podcast from your friends and colleagues at Teaching Channel. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Yoon Yoon-Jeong Kim, a research scientist at MIT Teaching Systems Lab, and Louisa Rosenheck, a designer and researcher of educational technologies in the MIT Education Arcade, as they come together to discuss how thoughtful design of authentic, creative, and playful assessments can engage students, help them to learn and grow, and allow them an opportunity to demonstrate their skills and abilities in a more personalized and meaningful way. YJ and Louisa, both self-proclaimed assessment nerds, discuss types of playful assessment, assessment tools, connections between assessment and social and emotional learning, and their shared goal of empowering teachers with assessment literacy. Perhaps moving away from traditional assessments and embracing a little whimsy in the classroom just might be the key leverage point to impacting the way students learn in schools. Welcome, ladies, to Teach Talks, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, So why don't you take a minute to tell us who you are and what kind of work
1: you're doing at MIT? Cool. Hi, my name is YJ Kim. I'm a research scientist at MIT Teaching Systems Lab. Uh, Generally speaking, I do research around interesting and playful assessment, and specifically one of the projects that I'm leading here is related to uh, game-based assessment for ninth grade math.
2: And I'm Louisa Rosenheck, and I am an educational games designer and researcher at the MIT Education Arcade. And um, I have been bringing a lot of the learning games design principles to um, the assessment projects that I'm working on with YJ.
0: Wow, that sounds really interesting. I love that you called it a learning arcade. That makes me so much more engaged immediately. <laughs> um, how did you? Uh, yeah. How did you get into the topic of assessment?
1: So I grew up uh, in South Korea, and I was one of those students who were really, really good at uh, taking standardized testing. But at the same time, I really didn't like schooling at all. And I had this, I developed this passion uh, for assessment, thinking about like, if assessment can be fun, how school would be so different. And that's when I moved to the stage to learn more about uh, things like game-based assessment, and thinking about like what could be innovative uh, assessment that can really support skills that are not really supported at schools, and you know using things like uh, games and simulation, things like that. So that's how I got into uh, assessment.
2: And for me, um, I've been I've been working in education for a while, and you know when we do educational technology projects, it's always sort of Something that that we know needs to be built in, but it always comes at the end. Okay, what's the assessment piece? Um, and there's there's just there's usually not a lot of enthusiasm around that word. Um, but since I met YJ, she's she's convinced me that assessment actually can and should be fun, and that there's there's no reason why assessment has to be, you know, the way that people see it as. Consisting of mostly standardized tests. In fact, it should be it should be the opposite. So now I've I've become an assessment fan too, and um, that's why we're working together to to make assessment more playful and help people understand how they can, they how they can help do that too.
0: Wow, I know a lot of people that are interested in assessment, but I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say they're an assessment fan. Um,
2: <laughs> so I has a t-shirt that says, I love assessment. <laughs> Me <too. laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, I'm wondering if you can bring anybody along with you today as they listen. But um, mm-hmm. let's first talk about game-based assessment. What exactly is that?
1: So, game-based assessment, the very center of game-based assessment is using game as a vehicle or a vehicle that provides evidence for uh, student learning and using uh, game as a kind of center of assessment uh, where how you're thinking about designing a game and interactions, students' interactions with the game uh, related to the skills and competencies they've developed, and uh, be able to uh, create the games and levels and you know interactions and whatnot with the purpose of assessment. So students will think that this is really fun, engaging activities, uh, but at the same time, because how designers think about to the goal of assessment, therefore, uh, the, you know you can generate numerous data that is often hard with just using a simple task.
2: And I'll add that one way to think about it is the reason that well one reason that games can be a good fit for assessment is um, something we talk about all the time in in learning games is when you play a game just you know any game you're kind of, by definition, as you play through the game, you're getting better at the game. So each level or that you, that you, these puzzle that you solve or each boss level that you beat shows that you've become good enough at whatever the game is about um, to to complete that level. And then the difficulty increases and then you get good at that. Um, so, you know, games have this natural kind of scaffolding progression and, and milestone system, um, and that can, in a well-designed game that can work really well to to align with assessment, um, especially if we collect data that's that's not just you know every every click and every every choice, but the the data that's really relevant that shows us what students are learning. So as long as the game um, is the learning the concepts, kind of the learning objectives are really embedded in the the mechanics of the game, the interactions and the choices that players are making. Then the data that the game kind of um, provides naturally are going to tell us useful things about students' skills and understandings of the topics. Mm-hmm. So, games and, and assessment really can go well together, mm-hmm. but you have to pay a lot of attention to the design of the, of the game and the design of the data collection.
1: And another benefit of game based assessment is a lot of times students can have anxiety around assessment because game can be fun and engaging you know it's you know it's a type of hard fun so kids or students get into the task or game without even realizing this is task or assessment therefore even the you know inferences we're making about learners can be way more accurate than when the ta- when students are uh, anxious about uh, the assessment Right. And we know how how really
0: engaged kids are in the games that are games, the ones that they choose <laughs> themselves and and how hard they work to be able to, um, you know, beat the game or or, you know, collect the the items within the game or figure out the puzzles <laughs> that are within. Um, and I think that what you've said there is is really good for the teachers that might be um, looking at uh, a technology in assessment and saying, um, you know, let's make sure that it's more than just adding technology. Let's make sure that it's doing something additional that we can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how you both just described that is in that intentional design of the game, yeah. all of the thought that goes into that about what data that you're actually trying to capture um, with the gameplay. That's that's really incredible. And mm-hmm. and probably takes a lot of hard work uh, to put a really good game together for assessment. Um, mm-hmm. How? Is yeah, it- a lot of design
1: work and a lot of testing because a you just testing, yeah. you can
2: never know at first what's going to work out well.
1: So a lot of a lot of trying. And I want to add one thing. When we talk about game-based assessment, although a lot of work that we have done uh, in the past involves digital games. But it doesn't need to be digital games and I think especially for class and teachers, if teachers know a good game or, or you know, any game that they really like and they think that it can support, uh, you know, good learning, like learnings related to math and science or creativity, persistence, and they can bring that into the classroom uh, and kind of mod. Uh, based on the needs of the curriculum, so you know the the game can be the centerpiece of a curriculum and can be used for the purpose of assessment, as long as teachers really thoughtfully design how students you inter- uh, know interact with the game itself and the curricular pieces.
0: Oh, that's really neat. You know, thinking about so it doesn't have to be technology; it could be just a regular game, correct? Um, if it's designed well, mm-hmm. oh, great. And so what do you think the differences are between this type of assessment and our traditional assessments in the schools?
1: I think that definitely the first element is uh, funness, playfulness, that a lot of traditional assessment uh, tools and methods really don't get get at. Um, And students, you know, in a way generate a lot of data uh, and they can easily kind of look back and say, hey, can, do you remember I did this in this particular thing? And it leads to something um, else. So they it kind of provide a concrete, uh, I don't know, incidents or concrete uh, context where kids can talk about how they made choices and how that lasts to uh, different kind of actions and consequences. Uh, therefore, I think it allows kids to think more about you know, why they're doing this activity and how that is related to the goals of learning.
2: And with our, with our game-based assessment project, but also all the other kinds of playful assessment um, that we're trying, to, we're trying to do more of, I would say some of, the, some of our goals at least for how we want them to be different from traditional assessments is that they should be more, more fun and playful, like YJ said, um, also more authentic and student-centered. And maybe more social, and maybe involve you know peer assessment and and self assessment, and give students agency and ownership, and um, to help students help students understand that there are a lot of different ways that they can show mastery, and give them some options for you know how to how to do that in a way that's personalized and what that means something to them. Um, and wrapped up in all this is is the idea of kind of making an argument for your own learning so you know i know what I've, i know what i'm meant to learn and here's here's how i can show that i've done it so it's not just completing the performance task but it's also reflecting and explaining what you've done and why it matters and why that shows the skills mm-hmm. so very very broadly a lot of the the assessment activities that we design and that we work with teachers to design for themselves really try to make assessment more student centered. So more of that should should come from come from the students own passions, desires, understandings instead of instead of just giving them a giving them a requirement and then you have to meet this and you're done. And we've we've heard from teachers that actually with this kind of approach, students achieve at a much higher level. Yeah. Because they don't stop at whatever point They've been told this is this is what we expect you to meet so that's good enough. They don't stop there they take it further and they explore things and they can you know create things and and perform on these assessments in ways that they didn't wouldn't have the opportunity on a multiple choice test
0: I can imagine and, I can imagine that and I wonder if uh, uh, sorry to jump in here, but I, I'm wondering I'm thinking I've seen kids um, when they play games um, and I'm thinking in particular uh, the video based games right now. But I've seen kids go into a game, um, complete a game at a satisfactory level, but then go back into the game to try to conquer pieces that maybe they didn't get to before. So even though they've won the game, technically, I guess if you can say that you've won a game or you've you've accomplished what you should accomplish to get through the entire game, they will often go back to the beginning and try to master that even better than they did the first time. Is that the same thing that you're seeing with game-based assessment?
2: I think it's related. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely. definitely definitely similar. You know, the they're engaged enough. It's something that they whether it's a game or a a maker project or whatever, um, they've become invested in it. They've made it, you know, something that they care about enough yeah. to to wanna do better, wanna find that more elegant solution or wanna wanna, you know, perfect their project
1: in whatever way. And that's kind of related to another reason why we believe game based assessment is way better than uh, traditional assessment because it gets at constructs like persistence. willingness to try again. You know, you know, it, you know it's okay, tolerant for failing. Like some sometimes in game, like you know, sometimes you mess up, you get killed. Or it's bad, bad metaphor, but you know, you mess up, but still you go back and try. And how often your kids willing to do that with testing. How right? often do they even get the chance? Exactly. Not that many teachers get let you retake a test. Exactly. And games are such a great environment to uh, support that. And therefore, at the same time, it's a great environment to assess you know, constructs that we really care to be successful in the future, like persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we are excited about game-based assessment.
0: Right? Yeah, that was a really great point about our traditional testing. You know, Oftentimes, the testing is a once and done. And mm-hmm. many kids may take another chance if they had another yeah. chance or many chances if they had more chances to prove that they could master the task. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
2: it's really, it really comes down to the, the fact that we, we believe in formative assessment. I mean, there's, of course, summative assessment has its, has its purposes and has its place. But I, I think we, we char- we're starting to think about it more as blurring the line between formative and summative sorry, assessment. Yeah. You know, in, in a sense, what's the point of assessment if it's not formative? If it's not gonna give you feedback so that you can improve and continue learning, then who cares? Of course, there are stakeholders that do care and that is important for, for certain things. But, you know, in the way that we're thinking about classroom assessment especially, it's, yeah, it's more, it's gonna be more impactful
0: if it gives the students and the teachers information that they care about and can do something with. Wow. You know, I've noticed you've mentioned like play or playfulness or fun uh, many different times in your answers. And I really, I, I'm delighted by that. Some of my own personal research over the past couple of years has been about how to use um, improv or the improv mindset in the mm-hmm. classroom for both kids and teachers and leaders mm-hmm. in schools to better our communication skills and uh, skills like um, like persistence or skills like listening or social emotional skills, and that is all wrapped around the concept of play and acceptance and just going for it. Um, you know, how how do you see this playfulness? Like, why playful, and how is it important to us in assessment?
1: I think we kind of talked about a little bit in the context of game based uh, game based assessment because playful is so important for assessment because it allows uh, task takers or students to see multiple entry points. So it's not like there is one way of solving the problem, but, you know, it really allows them and empower them to try out uh, with different angles and different, uh, entry points that a lot of traditional assessment do not allow. Um, uh, and we also think that because playful really allows, uh, to use, um, skills that you don't get to uh, use a lot in schools, Uh, collaboration and creativity and all those really interesting constructs that are so important. By making assessment playful, you get to assess those and you get to foster those uh, in students. So that's why we live in uh, playfulness uh, for assessment.
2: Yeah, for me, you know, all the things that YJ mentioned,
1: um, you know,
2: lessening test anxiety and, being able to demonstrate these kinds of non-cognitive skills, um, all these th- things. For me, they kind of, they all they all add up to setting the student up for success and really giving them a setting and an opportunity where they can show their best work and where they can really, where they actually can, they can be their best selves. Because in a way, a lot of traditional testing kind of sets kids up for failure. You know, it certainly doesn't all do that. and you know there are there are certainly people that excel at standardized testing, but so you can you can think of you know at at its worst a a multiple choice question there are those kinds where they're sort of set up to trick you, right? And that's exactly what we don't want. Nobody that's that's not realistic for the real world. That's not something that people are going to encounter. What they need is to recognize what's a good environment for them to to show their best work and you know identify that and. And make it happen, and explain why it's their best work. So I think a lot of these the things that we get through playful assessment um, help kids. They they help kids, yeah, achieve more and and show that to everyone
1: else and have agency in their own learning. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And another thing I want to mention related to playfulness is that um, it's almost our kind of putting uh, putting stick on the ground and saying assessments in this traditional schooling and this context of you know accountability uh it has such a bad reputation so we're saying hey people we don't need to be so serious about assessment for students for teachers for parents like when we when we we're actively defining what we mean by playful in the context of assessment but if so think about like how when you're playing with your friends, how fun that is. But at the same time, it's meaningful. It you know it allows you to understand who you are and you know why you are interacting with others, and it gives you purpose. And we're trying to use that metaphor, uh, you know, in the in the context of assessment to really putting on the uh, stake on the ground, and say, hey guys, let's think about assessment very differently. Therefore, we can do better about assessment.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes so much sense um, what would you think are some examples of playful assessment for those teachers out there that maybe just can't get their head around the concept right now
2: yeah great question so in fact it's something that we're still getting our heads around <laughs> um, you know we we think about this a lot and we really believe in in playful assessment um, that which goes along with playful learning which is a you know an area that's been explored quite a bit more um, so one of, the, one of the questions we often ask ourselves is, what exactly do we mean by playful assessment? Mm-hmm. What makes something playful? Does this count? Does that count? Why does it matter that it's playful? So we go, we go around with this a, a lot. Um, and one of, our, one of the things that we aim to do as we're sort of ramping up our various playful assessment projects is um, kind of curate a list of examples of playful assessments. So we've started to do that, and that can be it. It can includes, you know, things that we create. Um, so like the the game-based assessment that we're working on now, which is a game for um, geometry, and um, you know, physics playground, which is a game for assessment that YJ worked on in the past. But also a lot of a lot of things that maybe don't involve technology. Um, one idea we've had. That is, is still, it's not a fully formed idea, but that could help um, do some peer assessment in a makerspace while students are making their projects, is um, sort of a bingo game. So whenever you, know, you identify the constructs you care about, for example, collaboration or um, circuit knowledge, and you could tell you could set this up for your students and then tell them to keep an eye out for examples of this in as the, in their peers. As they're all working together, and so then, when whenever you see a student, you know, helping someone or asking for help, collaborating in some way, you can say, "Oh, I noticed you doing this. I'm going to put a sticker on the bingo chart." Um, and maybe you put, a, you add a sticker, you know, every time you see an example of this of this skill or this behavior, and it could be per person, but it could be for the whole class. You know, that all depends. Um, and then maybe when you see someone's circuit light up, or they were struggling and then they figured something out, then you. Get to add a sticker to the to the circuit knowledge section and then uh, at the end not only at the end you have sort of an artifact saying wow look at how much collaboration we did today or maybe compared to the previous week you say guys I didn't we none of us noticed a lot of collaboration maybe we were all kind of in a solitary mood or, or having a tough time you know <laughs> what can we do about that so not only you kind of get this visual at the end that you can reflect on but it, it also is intended to Encourage students to be more self-reflective and and you know be more self-aware and notice the things that they're doing as they make and maybe think about what they could be doing more of or what what are the productive behaviors and you know paying attention to that is the first step to to building those skills. So that's that's one um, example. Another example I want to share um, actually was an idea that I got from a conference that we were at this week. Um, there were people that were working on um, early childhood literacy, and they so the the activity is that you have these wordless picture books. So it's a a kids, you know, illustrated book, but there are no words. So the whole story is told with pictures. Um, teachers of the younger grades will be quite familiar with these. and so they gave the books to to the students and they just said, you know, act out the story or play, play around with what's in the book. And they gave them some props and just let them go. Um, and, you know, when you give kids freedom to play, of course, they're they're going to play. And so they came up with these you know, stories. They used puppets to kind of tell the story of the book. They went off in their own direction and wrote their own ending to the book. By wrote, I mean told in actions. They acted out. Um, you know, they acted as the characters themselves. And what was so interesting is that, as a literacy expert, um, the folks who did this, they could recognize a lot of very specific behaviors in in this play, that are actually really important indicators of early literacy. So they they could say, you see, in this in this um, story, he's making intertextual connections, or this child, she's bringing in. Um, prior knowledge from her, you know, from her the realm of her personal life, or they're, you know coming up with character names that show this type of creativity, or you know all these things like that. And so they probably, the the, the children are showing a lot more richer and interesting and important skills in literacy and creativity and self-regulation, just all these things. Probably they're showing a lot more than they would have if they'd been asked to, you know, dictate a story or even write down a story. Um, so this is what I mean. It really gives it really gives students an opportunity to show more. And as long as the the teacher or the assessor knows what to look for, um, they can collect really rich data and um, and put it together. You know, for for a particular class period or over time. Um, for for a lot of different purposes.
1: So another angle that I want to kind of mention uh, related to teachers and how they can think about is playful assessment because I think a lot of good t- teachers are already doing similar stuff in their own classrooms. So we create this uh, not quite game but more playful um, e- playful experience called Meta Rubric and it's a design tool it's a a, it's a kind of game like experience that teachers can go through uh, to learn about how you can create this kind of interesting playful assessment Um, it's you know in this uh, experience teachers uh, instead of coming up with rubrics for student work, they actually come up with uh, rubrics uh, for movie poster. And you think that, wow, creating uh, cre- creating rubrics, they can be so much fun, but it actually teachers do have fun in the process. Like you'd be very surprised, like, teachers are, like laughing and giggling. And at the end of that experience, they come up with these really good design principles for uh, playful assessment, you know, like engaging students, like, you know, iterating based on the data, uh, you know, how you can make assessment fun, how you can engage students, so they understand what they're assessed for. And all those really good design principles that, you know, often teachers think a lot about, uh, but, you know, sometimes, having a hard time to actually do that. So one angle that we're really bringing here is creating that kind of process tools that teachers can use in their own context to make their own assessment more playful.
2: Yeah, we haven't really talked about this yet, but um, one of our big goals beyond um, you know curating a collection of, of examples of playful assessments and beyond designing playful assessment systems, um, almost more important is empowering teachers to become Playful assessment
0: designers themselves. Yes. So that's that's mm. definitely a long-term goal of our of our work. Wow. You know, and the more you talk about what playful assessment is, I'm starting to think back on some of the things I used to do in my classroom, and we uh-huh. we did movie posters, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we did videos, we did. Um, you know, I had um, I had one particular assessment where. Um, you know they they did write um, they did what we called fractured fairy tales, mm-hmm. and they did a rewrite of fairy tales with um, some specific markers for testing concepts and how much they knew about them. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, those are all great examples. So you, and so you see a lot of teachers actually are already doing this kind of thing. And like part of what we want to do in our in our um, gallery of examples is is just identifying things that teachers are already doing that are great or that are, that have so much potential to be an assessment, but maybe are too informal right now. Or, um, you know, there's so many of these activities. I think the the two, the two main sides of a playful assessment are the activity. So something that gives students a chance to really demonstrate their mastery of, of the important constructs. And then sort of the the assessment mechanism. So what exactly are you looking for how are you evaluating it? What are the important things that can can show their mastery? And how are
1: you recording those?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all these activities that you mentioned are are great fits for that. And Lisa, like what we recognize all on is that, you know, when teachers want to do more innovative pedagogies and activities and, you know, things that they think is really good for kids, Often because of assessment, they like, oh, if I try, like how parents are gonna think about like for testing and things like that. So that's why we think that playful assessment, in a way is really strong or powerful tool for teachers to you know think more creatively about the kind of activities and lessons they're uh, building because it can be coupled with a really playful assessment as long as they understand how to make connections back to you know activities they're designing. So that's why we believe that this kind of process tools are so important because, again, the teachers are doing a lot of fun stuff with with students, but, you know, we are just coming up with ways to kind of empower them so they can talk about evidence, they can talk mm-hmm. about learning just beyond grades and uh, rubrics. Yeah, I know one of my
0: major hurdles when, when doing creative projects in my classroom was oftentimes um, some misconceptions by, by mostly by parents um, that weren't familiar yeah. or, or maybe with some administrators who felt yeah. that, that what I was doing was wasting time instead of assessing yeah. in a creative way. So, you yeah. know, it's definitely useful to have some of the work you're doing to help teachers be able to explain and, and show people the, the amount of data that we can collect off of such cre- creative and, and great projects that kids are enjoying. Yeah.
2: And it's so important to, to remember that data is not just digital numbers. Yeah. It's you know, it's all these all these rich observations that teachers and, and lots of people are making in the classroom already. And the important thing I think is to that what we want to help with is to find ways to think about it that are systematic. Yeah. Because then you can you can, you know, support your claims with, with evidence and um, show that to to parents and administrators and, you know, all the other stakeholders and show them what the value is of Mm -hmm. what you're already
0: doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where were you ladies when I was in the classroom? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had known about some of your work then. Um, What have other teachers been saying about the work you've been doing as you have them working with you? (laughs)
2: Um, they we've gotten a really good response so far. Actually, personally, I I was a little surprised. <laughs> YJ was not. She was so confident from the beginning. But I I was like, Well, I don't know, is this really what teachers want? Aren't they aren't they satisfied with the assessment methods that they're already using? But when we've been to conferences and when we've we've run our meta rubric activity at workshops, it's it's you know, of course it's not for everyone, but it's honestly it's been an overwhelmingly positive response and a lot of teachers say, Oh yeah, I really need this. And this is great. I'm going to take this and, and do this activity with my whole school and, you know, asking us for more, more tools and, and saying, yeah, just, and how it, how it fits with what they're already doing. Um, but it's kind of, you know, having it kind of turning it into a, an official thing, going to lend it more credibility and make it easier to, to share with other teachers. So, yeah, it seems like there's really a need for this. And that's part of what we wanna
1: we wanna understand better, what is the need and how can we help? And that's why it's so important for us to talk to folks like you, Lisa, because, you know, MetaRubric is just one example, and we wanna understand more and we wanna build more this kind of tools that really teachers are excited to use and bring you know, bring them to their own context and share it with other teachers mm-hmm. and and come back to us and say, hey, you know, have you ever thought about this? And can, can you guys come up with a, a clever tool that help us do this better? Because teachers already have been communicating with us, you know, through like social media and things like that and share their excitement about this kind of tools. And we're going to hear more, you know, how we can do better this work. Wow. Wow.
0: That seems great. Now, Your work, all of this has to to come to um, some uh, greater piece of work and research. So um, why don't you take a moment to tell us about the research that you're doing and the larger goals of your work and what you're trying to learn from all of this playful assessment research.
1: Yeah, I think there are three kind of dimensions of this work. And the first dimension really focuses on assessment tools, Uh, themselves if it's a game-based assessment how we go about creating a good game-based assessment system if it's uh, some classroom assessment design tool how we go about uh, creating you know thoughtful useful good tools for teachers and so that's all kind of design-based research where we co-design and work with practitioners to make sure that what we're creating is actually useful and can really help better uh, classroom assessment or assessment practices in general. And the second aspect is actually related to the teachers' assessment literacy and their practices. And again, by creating uh, these tools and giving these tools to teachers, work with teachers, how we can actually help teachers assessment better, and not just coming up with the multiple choice tests, but creating playful assessment for you know for their classrooms, coming up with really well designed uh, you know embedded assessment tools and things like that. So that's the second aspect of our research. The last, and to me, that's the most exciting piece, is student uh, student assessment literacy and how by having these tools and uh, assessment systems available for them, how they can be empowered. Uh, you know, self-regulated uh, lifelong learners themselves, and how they can develop more agency in their own learning and have voice in 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 on their in their own learning, and so they understand why they're going to school, what they're learning, how they can help uh, their future.
0: Wow! Wow! That is so great, and I know that if I were still in the classroom and even even in my place right now, I can't wait to dig into some of your resources. Um, so if teachers are feeling the same way after listening to um, everything that you've talked about today, how can they become a part of this? How can they reach out to you and um, talk with you a little bit more about assessment and playful assessment and um, be a part of what you're doing?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so we are like we mentioned, we are we're kind of just building up this this playful assessment um, movement. <laughs> it's not a movement yet, but maybe maybe next year
1: it will be. <laughs> maybe <laughs>
2: um, whatever it is, um, this body of work, I guess, this approach of playful assessment. Um, something that we are are really excited to get started is kind of building a community of teachers who are excited about assessment and, and want to be part of playful assessment. Um, we're not sure yet exactly what form that'll take. We are in, you know, very early stages of, of a lot of these projects. Um, but I definitely want to, I want teachers to get in touch. I want to, so I want to hear from, you know, teachers who are assessment nerds themselves and are who are really excited about assessment and have a lot of ideas about student-centered assessment that they might already be doing, as well as teachers who are you know, newer to thinking about things in this way, but that are intrigued by it or that just want to learn more. Um, so right now, all kinds of teachers I would love to hear from. And there there may be opportunities um, to kind of be involved in some of our projects and, you know, try out some of our tools and give us feedback. There may be opportunities to join workshops or, or you know, meet up at um, conferences. Um, we don't know yet, all kinds of things. So um we will have our contact information on the uh, in the show notes and i'm also going to make sure that we provide a link to a form um that we have that teachers can fill out uh, um to just stay tuned and stay stay in touch and then you know when we have updates or things to share or ways other ways to get involved we'll be sure to reach out to everybody um so please if you're interested at all do sign up and we will be reaching out we will also include in the show notes um the, the link for our, our group's website so you can read just generally what we're doing about playful assessment and uh, make it
0: easy to share and pass on to other interested teachers. Oh, that sounds amazing. And if in, in just in our parting today, it, do either of you have any um, quick tips? that you might like to share with our audience today about how if if they were interested in getting started with playful assessment next week in their classroom, um, what are some, uh, some recommendations or advice that you might give them and a place to start?
1: That's a great question. Um, I would say start with um, talking to students and ask them what are I can guarantee you, like students play all these games and a lot of them is related to like math and spatial reasoning and all kind of interesting uh, competencies. Start with having conversation with students. Hey, what kind of games are you guys playing? And do you think that any of them are related to like math or science or history? And, you know, start from there and, you know, take some aspect of that and just try it out in your own classroom and see how that, you know, how kids or students respond to that.
2: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great one. Just figure out what students already like, and then and how you can incorporate that. And um, the other thing I was going to say was, look at what you're already doing, and figure out what's what's a piece of it that seems fun and playful, and then just imagine if you were already thinking of that as an assessment. Then you know what information can you get from it, and how can you use it? Because I think a lot of a lot of teachers are already going in this direction, and mm-hmm. we just need to kind of validate that and and say, yes, this is assessment too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I know that the, I'll thank you on behalf of, of teachers everywhere for trying to make assessment more fun and useful and, and just all around more effective for kids and for teachers. And mm-hmm. I so look forward to seeing um, your movement take shape in the next year or so <laughs> and uh, seeing all the great stuff that comes from it. Thanks. We look forward to that. Too. <laughs> and we look forward to hearing what, what other teachers are, are doing already. And please do come back again and uh, tell us all about all of the exciting things that come up in the future. Yeah, we would
1: love to. Sounds great.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. I thank YJ and Louisa for joining us and telling us all about their adventures in playful assessment. And for all of you listening, uh, come back next time and join us for the next episode of Teach Talks.